Hello, and welcome to season three of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about loving God and living well, giving you content to help you live a whole and complete life, especially as we focus on our mental health. So y'all, y'all almost didn't get this episode. When I tell you today has been a day, okay? I woke up this morning and the laptop from which I have recorded every single episode of this podcast for the past two seasons died. It just decided that it wasn't going to work anymore. Um, I guess it did some sort of updating or something in the middle of the night. And when I woke up this morning, it was blazing hot and it would not turn on. And when I took it to the Apple store, they were like, this unit is dead on arrival and we need to send it away for seven to 10 days. And I was like, <laughs> I got a podcast episode that I need to record. Like my new season starts tomorrow. And they looked at me like, that sounds personal. I don't know what you expect us to do. And so thankfully, thank God, I have a ram in the bush. Barry White, you know who you are. Like I have like secret tech support angels in my life. And so I have to give Barry a shout out who has backup on backup on backup on backup equipment like at the ready. And so I am so grateful for the tech support that I have for this platform. I'm telling y'all just angels watching over. But it told me, I said, you know what? This must going to be a really good episode. This this is going to be a powerful series because y'all almost didn't get it. I just want to put that out there. Y'all almost didn't get it. So as we are wont to do in every episode. So for those of you who are brand spanking new to Whole and Complete Podcast, Welcome. I'm Dr. Shante, your host, and Whole and Complete is a series-based podcast. And so we typically start with a series and we do about two episodes of deep work on that series. And then we invite a guest, usually from the mental health or faith community, to come and expound on various aspects of that topic. And I would love to start season three on like this happy howdy note, but that is not what we are doing today. <laughs> Actually, season three is kicking off with grief and grief has been on the docket for a really long time. It has literally been on the docket since season one and all things in due season. Now is the time to bring this forward because whoever is going to be hearing this and listening to this, this is the time that you need it. And so we are going to be doing a deep dive into grief because I would love to say that this pandemic is behind us. It is not. I would love to say that we are on the other side of this. We are not. And there's all kinds of tension, all kinds of controversy about vaccination, not vaccination, mask, no mask, variants and misinformation. And there's just so much going on. But in the midst of all of that, there has been a lot of loss during this pandemic, a lot of loss, loss of life, loss of income, loss of jobs, loss of relationships, marriages have tumbled and fumbled. And I think that now is the time to really talk about that. Like now was the time to address that in a meaningful and healthy way. So as we typically do at the start of every series, we have a guiding scripture and that scripture is Luke 24 and the fifth verse. And it reads as thus, 
And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? And many of you are familiar with that scripture because we tend to hear it around Resurrection Sunday and talking about how Jesus got up and the stone was rolled away. But not this time. I am going to reframe that scripture in a, and position it a different way for our hearing today as we talk about grief. So here's what's on our docket for today. What is grief? Why we need to grieve? And what happens when we refuse? So grief, let's start with our definitions, okay? Grief is the normal process of reacting to loss. I repeat, grief is the normal process of reacting to loss. Emotional grief can include anger, guilt, anxiety, sadness, and despair. Not only are there emotional responses, there are physical responses. So you can have loss of appetite, weight gain, or weight loss. People have even died from the heartbreak of grief. I remember 2016, there were so many celebrity deaths, including Prince. I know I say that every season and one day maybe I'll get through it, but I'm just not there yet. So whatever. Um, but I remember that that was also the year that Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia from Star Wars had died and her mother, Debbie Reynolds, was so heartbroken that within a week of her death, she had died also. So it was it was just a tremendous physical response to that loss of life. And we can also have psychological responses to grief. The choices that we make about how we show up in our lives when we have experienced loss, that is where we are going to have our focus today. That is where we are going to focus for the bulk of this series. And I want to emphasize that grief does not have to be the loss of a person. Grief can be the loss of a relationship. It can be the loss of a job. It can be the loss of a pet. It can be the loss of the life that you thought you were going to have at this point. And that life got upended for various reasons. And so what I want to focus on today are those psychological responses. I want to focus on the choices that we make about how we show up or not show up in our lives when we are experiencing loss. And the first of those responses is dissociation. And so I spent some time talking about dissociation in the Mama Trauma series. So that's back in season two. But just to bring it back to your memory, dissociation is when you just check out. <laughs> when Elvis has left the building, you are kind of going through the motions of your day, but you have no emotional investment. You are there, but you are not there. And this is a, a common response to grief, to loss, where you're just kind of meandering your way through life without any clear sense of who, what, where, or why, like there's just a void and you're just kind of in that space and without a whole lot of meaning or purpose or presence. So one of the ways that we respond psychologically to grief is through dissociation. We just kind of check out. Another thing that we tend to do is go through a period of denial. And this is very common. So, you know, they talk about the stages of grief, right? You know, anger, denial, and that sort of thing. 
And denial is when we keep acting like the loss has not occurred. And I want to emphasize this because when we get to the part about what happens when we refuse to grieve, denial will become very important there. So when we just kind of act like (laughs) it didn't happen, you know, or we just kind of try to go on like our mind or our bodies or on some level, it just has not processed that this is actually over, that a loss has actually occurred. Another psychological response is deflection. And this is where we, or distraction, deflection or distraction. And this is where we pour ourselves into other activities. We pour ourselves into other people. We get busy doing this and busy doing that. And we're running off to here and we're running off to there. And we do all this as a response to the trauma of loss, because we don't want to sit still long enough to actually have to deal with the emotions of our grief. We don't want to have to deal with the emotions surrounding our loss. And what I will tell you is this, you can only do that for so long because eventually your grief will catch up with you. You can only outrun grief for so long because when the body experiences stress, when the mind experiences some sort of stress or some sort of trauma, It is constantly looking for ways to try to regulate itself, to try to get back to some sense of normality or homeostasis or balance. And when we push off the grief process, when we try to outrun it and we try to keep busy and we try to distract ourselves and we try to act like it didn't happen, regardless of what you are consciously doing and the choices that you are consciously making to try to busy yourself so that you really don't have to deal with it, your body is going to find a way to regulate itself. So all of a sudden you're really, really hungry and you're eating indiscriminate amounts of food. All of a sudden that liquor bottle is starting to look real attractive. And next thing you know, you know, it's getting emptied a lot more quickly than it used to be emptied. You, you, your body is going to find a way to regulate itself. Your mind subconsciously is going to try to find a way to regulate itself because a stress has occurred, a loss has occurred, there is something traumatic that has occurred, and it is trying to find a way to, to regulate and to, to get back to some sense of balance. And I say that because grief does not just happen. Grief does not just happen. It's not like, you know, how people say like, okay, I'm gonna let that slide because she's grieving right now. Or I'm gonna let that slide because, you know, he's in grief right now. No, grief is a process that you have to allow. You have to allow it to happen because there are parts that you have to accept. And we have spent some time talking in this podcast about things like radical acceptance, and it's going to make an appearance in this series too. But grief is something that you have to allow to occur, which brings us to why. (laughs) Why do we need to grieve? And in short, If you don't grieve, you don't grow. It's just that simple. If you don't grieve, you don't grow. When you keep trying to put distance between yourself and the pain of your loss, you are suspended in time. You are suspended in Kairos. And Kairos, let me remind you, is not chronological time. Kairos is a moment of time. 
And grief allows you to move beyond that moment of time where your loss has occurred. So when you think about Kairos, Kairos is that moment of time before and that moment of time after, right? So there's that moment of time, that life that you had before you lost the job, before the marriage fell apart, before you lost the loved one, before you experienced the loss of the pet or what have you. So there's that moment. And then there's that moment after when it becomes clear that the relationship isn't going to work out, that the job isn't going to last, that the money is going to run out, that whatever you had planned to do or hopes that you had for your life by your 40th birthday or by your 30th birthday, it's just not going to happen. The child that you thought was going to be there is, is might going to have to take a little bit longer and, and, Maybe the child that you receive, you know, doesn't have all of the the healthy functionings and cognitive functionings and physical capabilities that you thought they were going to be able to have at this point of their life. So there's those moments, right? The moments when you had hope and everything was cool and, and there was possibilities. And then there's the moment where you realize that that's just not going to happen. And so when you keep trying to put distance between yourself and that loss, you are suspending yourself in time, you are suspending yourself in the before when the after chronologically has already occurred, when that moment of time of loss has already occurred. And it's the after that is so painful. <laughs> it's the after that is so heart wrenching. It's the after that just tears us to pieces. And so we desperately try to hold on to before, but I just talked to him, but I just looked at the numbers, but wait a minute, yesterday you said everything was cool. Wait a minute, I was just at the doctor last week. Where did this come from? It's, it's the before that we try to cling on to because we have not yet processed the after. And it's one of the things that makes grief so difficult because certain months of the year, certain seasons, certain holidays take us back to the before. And so when we're living in the after, it just makes it so difficult. And I want to be clear about something. You don't have to like physically lose a person. So a person doesn't have to be like physically dead in order for you to feel the pain of loss. Many of us have difficult and complicated and strained relationships with family or certain family members. And so things like the holidays become very difficult because you see this cavalcade of highlight reels on social media with all these happy families and these Hallmark movies and this holly jolly, merry, festive time. And a lot of people really struggle because that is not their lives. Those are, they don't have those types of relationships. They can only take their family in small doses. And so it is important to allow yourself to grieve because grief facilitates the transition from what I call now what to what now. Now what is, now that this has happened, what am I going to do? What is my next step? How can I go on? It's that uncertainty. It's that, that moment of, of wonder and confusion and loss and, and misdirection. Like I've heard many people describe their grief journey as being what they call a lost ball in high grass. So like, if you imagine like a golf ball that was swung way out into not this nice level, low cut putting green, but into tall grass or tall weeds, it's like, 
just lost. I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way is up. I don't know where to turn. I'm in this place of now what? Now that this has happened, what? But what now is that piece of of radical acceptance? What now is what's going to happen now is this. It it moves you from questioning to a, a, a measured response, to a decided response, to a decisive step. What now is what's going to happen now is this. What now is radical acceptance that no matter how unfair or how sudden or how unexpected or tragic or shocking something is, I have accepted the fact of the loss. Okay. It doesn't mean I've accepted all of the emotional underpinnings that come along with the loss, but I have accepted the fact of the loss. I have accepted the fact that my job is no longer going to be available in three months. I have accepted the fact that the marriage is over. I have accepted the fact that my loved one has moved on. I have accepted the fact that I may not have children. I have accepted the fact that this diagnosis seems terminal and I'm not going to live as long as I thought I was going to live. I have accepted the fact of my circumstances. And what now is I'm ready to let the process of grief move me closer to some measure of healing or to some semblance of strength to gain some sense of clarity or closure and allow myself to consider what my life is now and what comes next. Do you see the difference between those two things? Now what versus what now? I want you to imagine yourself and some of you have been in this situation. I know I have where you're driving along and all of a sudden your tire goes out or blows out and you have a flat And there's this moment of now what? Now what we going to do? Now where we going to go? Now how we going to get help? Now how we going to move to the next destination? Now what? Like here's all these questions about who, what, when, where, why, all of that versus what's going to happen now is roadside assistance said it's going to take approximately 90 minutes for them to send a truck out. So we're going to sit here and we're going to wait. Like now, (laughs) you know, what now is there's, a choice that has been made. What now is I have accepted the fact that I have a flat tire. I have accepted the fact that I might not make it to the wedding on time or to wherever it was I was going on time. I've accepted the fact that I'm going to be delayed and what's going to happen now is this. Okay. Which brings me to refusing to grieve. Okay. So what happens when we don't allow that process? What happens when we don't allow ourselves to move from now what to what now? And this is where our scripture comes in handy. This is where Luke 24, 5 offers us some clarity. Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? And depending on which version of the gospel you read, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, some versions say he is not here. (laughs) Why are you looking for somebody who is not here? And I really want to drive that point home because when we don't allow ourselves to grieve, we can find ourselves looking for things that are no longer there, looking for love that has long left the relationship, looking for 
healthy connections when there is nothing but toxicity from the ruta to the tuta, from root to tip. There is nothing salvageable to be gained from this. Why are you looking for the living? Why are you looking for something healthy and, and vibrant and alive amongst the dead? And why are you coming back to this job? Why are you in this job when you know that there is no opportunity for growth, no opportunity for purpose, no opportunity for mobility, no opportunity for raise? Like, Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? You know, when my marriage ended, I was angry to put it mildly that I will say that I was hot like fire. Um, not in that sort of like Al Green hot grits or Bernadine from waiting to exhale. I'm gonna like bust the windows out your car and set it on fire. Not like that. Okay. I was not violent, but I was angry. And I, I mean, I had a deep seething, don't say that name in my presence type of angry. And I leaned into the anger because I thought it was productive. It fueled me. It fueled me to write books and host events and be this super mom because I was out to prove that one monkey don't stop the show, that I wasn't going to miss a beat or a meal or an ounce of sleep. I'm going to be all right because that's what black women do, right? That's how we've been raised. You know, we going we going to be all right. We going we got this. But what I did not realize was that the anger that fueled me to write books and earn more and to host events and and really dig into my brand, what I did not realize was that that very anger was keeping me from recognizing the role that I had played in the demise of that relationship. What anger had kept me from was grief. And sometimes we think that because we have cried our tears or because, you know, we have cursed the heavens or we didn't sat down and sat cloth and ashes, you know, whatever your version of that is. And we didn't played some Jasmine Sullivan or some Anita Baker or, you know, made a playlist called he ain't this and she ain't that and you know whatever okay sometimes we think that because we've had an emotional experience that we have actually grieved and that is not the case (laughs) you know that is not that can be part of the process but that's not the whole process and so because I had leaned heavily into anger as my anchor for how to process the loss, I had really delayed my grieving process. You know, anger was keeping me from acknowledging hurt and disappointment about the realities of now being a single mother and how I thought my life was going to be like this perfect picture of Christian coupledom. And that just did not happen. And it wasn't going to happen. And I needed to grieve the fact that sometimes, hear me, Love is not always enough, okay? And that sometimes love means loss. Anger precluded me from seeing all of that. So that means I did not grieve. And because I didn't grieve, I did not grow, okay? I did not grow. Grief is what allowed me to grow. Grief is what allowed me to create things like whole and complete podcasts because now I've had some perspective and some therapy and, you know, I've been able to, to do some inner work 
That's what what grief allows us to do. And when I say inner work, I don't want to I don't want to be very clear. I don't want to make it seem like when you experience loss, now you're just responsible for all of this work, right? For for getting quote unquote over it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Loss is hard and difficult. And sometimes it is tragic and unexpected and really unfair. And what I'm saying is that when you experience a loss like that, isn't it amazing how everybody else's life just seems to go on? People keep posting on Facebook and people keep going to work every day and people keep on trucking and you're kind of suspended in this space of like, wait a minute, how is everybody just living life? How's everybody just going on? Like, don't you know that I'm, I've, I've experienced this loss? Don't you know that this person that I love is no longer here? Like, how are you just going on like every day is a sunny day when I'm sitting here in midnight, day in and day out? Like, I don't understand. So I'm not saying that, hey, just get on with it. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that the pain of loss can keep us trapped in a place of perpetual pain and grief provides an outlet for us to start to release some of that and heal from some of that. And so when I did not grieve, I developed some maladaptive coping mechanisms, AKA food and liquor, you know, medicating with food and alcohol And so refusing to grieve will keep you stuck in a lot of things. You know, it will keep you stuck in your pain. It will keep you stuck in a dead relationship. It will keep you stuck in dead end jobs. It will keep you stuck in dead prospects in places where there are no possibilities. And it will keep looking for life inside the graveyard. You know, it will compound your loss because not only have you lost the job, the relationship, the person, what have you, but it robs you of the next thing that God has for you. Okay. So it's like getting, it's like double, it's getting like a two for one. Okay. So not only have you lost on, on the front end, but you're losing on the back end too, because whatever is next for you is never achieved. It's never realized because that process of grieving has not occurred. And I want to say this again, I am not saying that you just move on and get over because there are some things that you will never get over. Vanessa Bryant will never get over losing her husband and her child in the way that she lost her husband and her child at the same time on the same day. That's not something you just get over, but you find a way to get through. And that's what she does. She finds a way to get through. And she's been very transparent about her process. She says some days are just full of happy memories. And I'm just so grateful for the time that I had with them. And other days, I don't even know how I'm going to get out of the bed. I don't know how I'm going to show up for the, the children that I have left. I just don't know which way is left. And I get mad and it's so unfair. And I just think about all the things and all the dreams that we had and all the places we were going to go and all the things that we were going to do. And that is going to take time. And that might be what happens now for the rest of her days it it doesn't get quote unquote easier the fact of what happened doesn't ever get easier but what she is doing is trying to find ways to get through to try to find strength and support and 
allow people to, to be there for her in ways that allow her to continue to function. And so that is where I will leave it for today. Okay. That is where I will leave it for episode one of season three, which almost didn't happen because my laptop died. Um, and I will not have it back for seven to 10 days and oof, okay. But next week we will get into part two of this and I'm really looking forward to the guests that we have. So our part three of this, I'm inviting a Herdeen Mercier who specializes in grief. Her entire platform has been dedicated to it. And I love the work that she's doing. And I can't wait to hear the perspectives that she's going to bring to this process and to this episode. So if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says, share this podcast. I want to thank you. Oh, by the way, I want to thank you guys so much. I meant to say this over the summer, but I was, when I go on summer break, I'd be on summer break, break. Okay. Like, break. I've been traveling. Fortunately, even in this pandemic, I was able to travel out of this country. And right before I was overseas, you guys had hit the 30,000 download mark. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. This podcast is growing and it is all because of you and your commitment and dedication to your own wellness and your own work, but also your support of me and this platform. And I cannot thank you enough for that. So if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says, and I will see you next time.